Hello, my sweet, sweet, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the third episode of Weed Wild and Woke. I can't believe we're here. I can't believe this is the third episode. I was still nervous to press play today <laughs> before we started because it's still so new. Um, and it's still a little nerve wracking, to be honest. I'm still, I'm still fighting the nerves a little bit, but... Uh, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy you're here. I'm happy that things are starting to feel just a hair more natural now, um, which I love. It's starting to be something that I look forward to instead of kind of get anxious about, even though it was something that I really wanted to pursue. So thanks for being here. I appreciate it. I'm so happy to be here. The energy has definitely improved in my life, so I'm in a much better headspace. I'm enjoying the things that I'm doing a little bit more um, than I was before just because I was so stressed, um, you know, which could lead us straight into our, our highlights of the week, uh, which we like to do at the beginning of the podcast to just check in a little bit, give you some updates about my life and what has happened. And honestly, there's, you know, quite a bit, I guess, going on, but overall just falling into the flow of working a regular job, which, you know, I had to get in order to move out. So it's it's been a, a bit of a transition going back to a regular, you know, like minimum wage job on top of streaming and keeping up with podcasting and all the other things that I like to do. So it's been crazy. Yeah, but but in a good way. <laughs> and things are starting to finally even out a little bit. So um, yeah, not, not much has been going on. Just the vibe has been changing a little bit. Um, I think it's funny that this week's topic is something that I've kind of been practicing a little bit more. So it's going to be interesting to see how my recent uh, improvement in mood and overall, you know, energy lately, um, how that correlates to what we're going to be talking about today a little bit. Um, but I mean, overall, it's been good. I've been streaming on Twitch. My community is growing. They're super helpful. Um, they actually helped me pick out next week's episode topic, which is awesome. I love getting that feedback and I love hearing what people would like to hear me talk about, which is super weird, but it's still super interactive. And I just, I'm so grateful for that. Um, and that has really boosted my mood, just kind of having that support and having those super amazing people who just push me and give me really great advice and kind of remind me why I wanted to do this when I tend to forget, you know, with the stresses of life and the doubts and all the things that come with trying to... Let me let me word this carefully. Trying to build a brand online uh, with a community, uh, you know, I wouldn't say, you know, influencing. I'm not here to be an influencer, do any influencing. I'm not really an entertainer in the sense that I don't create like super riveting content. Uh, it's not, <laughs> I'm not really like entertaining anybody. I'm just, I guess I'm just trying to educate people. So becoming a, I don't know, a educator, an online educator. I don't, I don't know. That sounds so stupid, but you know, I don't really know where to, to put myself. There's no like neat little niche that kind of 
encompasses everything that I'm trying to do. I'm kind of creating my own niche of like a little mental health corner, which I'm sure people do all the time. And there's probably a million other podcasts that do the same thing or people who are trying to achieve the same goal. But obviously, you know, everybody's path is going to be different and mine is definitely different. So yeah, it's just, it's, it's been wild. Um, Yeah, with that being said, I don't know. It's just trying to build everything up and stay on top of everything has been interesting um, with the holidays coming up and everything as well. And and uh, I, I took my CBEST test to become a substitute teacher in the last week so that I could, you know, make a little bit better money, um, have a little bit more of a stable schedule, especially with uh, subbing. You know, you get uh, holidays off and uh, vacations and summer breaks. And, you know, it's just it'll be a super nice transition for my business and my brand and what I'm trying to accomplish and and it's just tying up all those loose ends. Um, so that's been that's been a journey, you know, just just transitioning back into kind of being a career woman after having a couple months off to explore kind of where my passions lied and start streaming. And, you know, it's just been a whirlwind of things that have been happening. So overall, in the past week, everything has been pretty good. I can't complain. Um Check-in is great. My feeling words for this week are excitement, motivation, um, or excited and motivated. I guess those are more feeling words. Um, Enlightened, positive, joyful, hopeful would all probably be words that I would use to explain my mood in the past week up until today. So I'm, I'm super happy about that. I'm super happy to be able to share that because it, it hasn't always been that way in the past month or so. There's been a lot of really deep, deep, deep downs and a lot of depressive states and, you know, a few panic attacks. And that's the reality. And my truth is what I'm here to share. So there it is. It hasn't been all sunshine and rainbows and butterflies. There's been some low, low lows. But like I said, we're back on top and we're we're motivated and we're pushing forward. So interestingly enough, this week's podcast episode is about self-love. So a very good friend of mine on Instagram, uh, I think I had mentioned that I posted, um, you know, a question box to kind of ask people what they wanted me to talk about and some topics. And one of my good, good friends just said self-love. And this is one of these friends that I go to when things are hard. Um, They always listen to me. They always hold space for me when things are going wrong. Uh, This is a friend that I literally am a pen pal with. Like we physically write letters to each other and send them through the mail and catch up with each other. And it's just one of those really beautiful friendships where I don't have to force anything And so when they recommended the topic of self-love, you know, I thought about it and, and I thought it was a good idea because we, we talk about this a lot and we're very open with our emotions and how we're feeling. And so I, we haven't really had a chance to have a really deep conversation about this. And I think, um, I don't know, I thought it would be interesting to attempt to try to open, open the door to that conversation And even now at this exact moment in time, I don't really know 
how how this conversation is going to go. Uh, if I'm being completely honest, you know, I don't really know where to start or it's such a broad topic, right? And it's, you know, full disclaimer out of the gate too. Like, I'm let me side side story real quick, a quick disclaimer. I am, you know, not a doctor. I'm not a therapist, although I do have my degree in psychology and I study this stuff actively and I'm planning to go get my doctorate in psychology. Um, I'm, I'm not an expert. And I'm also not here to really give you advice or guide you or heal you or fix you or whatever misconceptions may arise out of me doing this podcast episode, but I'm just here to share my experiences, what I've learned, whatever small amount of research I've done, but majority of it is truly my experience and what I've been through and what worked for me and what I've seen work for other people, so it's all subjective. Um, and it's all just from my heart (laughs) and my soul. So as long as that's, you know, completely clear, uh, reverting back. Yeah, I, I didn't know how to structure this episode because there's obviously no right or wrong way to define self-love. And I was kind of thinking about that, like, hmm, well, it's not something that I can just define and easily put into a box of like, here are easy ways to go about self-love because it's not. It's a very, very subjective topic and it's very unique to everyone's experience or every, you know, each person's own unique experience. And so it's just, it's such a hard thing to talk about, but it's a good topic of conversation to kind of open up because I think that's where this podcast can really flourish and be beautiful, is by me starting the conversation, my hope is to have others share their experiences and what worked for them, and then, you know, slowly we're building up this library of things for people to try if they're feeling like um, self-love is difficult for them, or they're, you know, just struggling with that concept themselves and struggling to love themselves. So... Yeah, it's just basically me sharing most of my experience and some things that I've learned or come across or my opinions on it, and they're 100% my opinions. I am entitled to them, and you are not required to agree with me or even accept them. So, you know, just keeping that in mind. Um, Self-love has been a huge huge journey in my life as it probably is for most people. I know very few people who confidently can say that they love themselves fully, right? I don't think that's even possible. Um, Honestly, I do know one person who's pretty confident in themselves and they have accepted all the parts of themselves and I, I really value that. And it's interesting because in the time that this podcast episode was suggested to me, Uh, to now, I had only recently met this person. And they were very confident in themselves and very accepting of who they were. And it was just, it was really inspiring. So I'm very grateful to have met this person because it's kind of changed my perceptions. Well, not changed my perceptions, but given me kind of hope that there is a possibility of getting to a really good state where you're completely accepting of who you are and 
embracing all those parts of yourself, good and bad. Um, that there is an end goal or a, an end state or, a, you know, a state of being where you can actually feel those positive emotions towards yourself. And I don't think I would have necessarily been able to say that before I had met this person. And I know that sounds super extreme and drastic, but it really did, it really did, you know, sometimes it just takes one person to really change your perspective on a topic or a situation. And this person really, really did open my eyes to, to seeing that, that, that there was a possibility that I could be in that state as well. And that's exciting and it's motivating and it's something that I would love to share or open a conversation about with you. So with that being said, let's, I don't know, let's talk about self-love. I was, like I said, let's go back to the, the beginning now. I didn't know how to structure this episode because it's just so subjective and so unique to everyone's own individual experience. I would hope that we can all agree that self-love has several facets, right? It's not just one all-encompassing term. I think self-love can be physical, it can be psychological, it can be spiritual, it can be emotional, and I think all those facets contribute to this umbrella of self-love. I hope, I hope we can all agree that that's the case. And I think that we can all probably agree that most of those subcategories have one goal, and that's stability, um, less self-doubt, less guilt, and more joy and optimism and balance in one's life, right? And I'm I'm pretty sure a lot of people, when they think of self-love, like, you know, close your eyes, think about it. I invite you to to close your eyes just for for like five seconds and think about what self-love is to you. What pops in your head when someone says self-love? I'm willing to bet that some people probably see self-love as something physical, as, you know, the one that I hear the most and I think is the most pushed in media is that self-love is putting on a face mask, um, dropping a bath bomb in the bathtub, pouring a glass of wine or, you know, water if you don't drink or lighting up a joint, whatever it is for you, taking a, a nice hot bath and lighting some candles, you know, that's the that's the, I don't know, idealized idea of self-love. But I would hope that we can agree that self-love is is a lot deeper than that, right? It's not just taking time to do things for yourself physically all the time. Although I do agree that it's it's a huge part of it. I think in order to have self-love, you need to, you know, physically be in that space and do physical things for yourself that are going to build up your your, not your ego, but, you know, build up your self-esteem and, and how you feel about yourself. And I think physical is a huge part of that. It's like a, it's like the legs of a table, right? You need four legs on the table and 
one leg is physical, one leg is psychological, one leg is spiritual, and one leg is emotional. And those four legs hold up this table, right? And if you take one of those out, table's not going to be very solid. It's not going to be very sturdy. It's going to be a little bit wobbly. So I definitely think that the physical form of self-love is super important. And that's, I would argue, what people typically uh, resonate towards. I think the parts of self-love that that are a little bit harder to practice are the ones that are more internal, the psychological, the spiritual, the emotional. And so when we talk about self-love, I think it's kind of important to have that foundation of knowing that it's it's these four facets broadly, right? I'm sure there, there could be more, there could be less, you know, whatever. But um, for the most part, those are four good foundational starts for self-love. Now, how would I define self-love? Um, I think that it means being responsible for your own well-being and happiness. Um, it means taking care of yourself first. It means not people-pleasing. And it means not accepting less than what you deserve. Obviously, this, this can vary. I don't know what self-love means to you or how you would define it. But to me, it's really that simple. I think it's, it's just being in a place of acceptance and living in the moment and being mindful and not tearing yourself down but constantly building yourself up and pushing yourself to evolve and grow and be a better person. And I think that's a huge part of self-love for me. So what are some, what are some things that I would consider self-love, right? And I, and I had to really think about this and it's funny because I, I probably spent the good first two-thirds of my life absolutely hating myself. And I think that's normal. I think that's a very normal part of the human experience. Um, I think it's a very normal part of growing up. I think that teenage angst really is a thing and everybody, you know, hates something about themselves at some point. It's a very, very natural human experience. That's the first important thing. It's normal. If you don't like things about yourself and you give yourself a very difficult time, um, I think the first part of self-love is accepting that that is a very natural human experience, right? Like, you really can't... If you're trying to think about it logically, you really can't love yourself all of the time because if you did, you would never challenge yourself to grow and be better. So I think understanding that self-love is a completely natural human phenomenon and that you're going to regress and have feelings of doubt is normal. I think a lot of people forget that and they will see, and we're going to have another episode about this, but they'll see celebrities in, you know, social media culture and, you know, Instagram and TikTok who are very sure of themselves and are very confident and don't always portray the more negative sides of life. It's, it's toxic. 
And then people start to doubt themselves and look at themselves and go, well, I'm not like that and I don't do that and I'm not this, that, or the other. And that's a huge problem. So I think a really important conversation to have is that it's okay to feel like that. It's a completely normal human emotion and experience. So reminding yourself of that when you're tough on yourself, like everyone does this, right? Everyone looks at them in the mirror at some point, whether it's daily or weekly or monthly or once a year, everyone looks in the mirror at some point and is unhappy with themselves, either physically, emotionally, spiritually, um, psychologically. So it's a very normal human experience. (laughs) The second part of that is how you respond to that experience. And I think that's the important part in self-love for me, was acknowledging that I was experiencing that and then responding in a more appropriate way. And that sounds really fine and dandy and easy, But it's not. And I understand that it's not. And I'm sure you're sitting there like, Nina, it's not that simple. If I could do that, all my problems would be solved. I know. I get it. It's it's difficult. Um, But just give yourself grace. And I'm here to remind you to give yourself grace because everyone goes through it. So most of my childhood, teenage years... And a huge portion of my adulthood, my personal adulthood, was not loving myself. And I know that I didn't love myself for several reasons. I didn't like who I was, and I made it very clear to myself that I did not like who I was with my negative self-talk. And in doing that, I was always trying to be someone different. I was always idolizing someone else. I was always trying to be like someone else. I was always imitating someone else to the point that my family would call me a chameleon. So when I'd hang out with different friends, I would adjust my personality to fit in with those friends. So I would literally change everything about who I was to fit in with those friends. And I and I did that for a huge portion of my life. The second part of that was I was allowing people to disrespect me. And this was a huge theme throughout my life um, that I didn't really realize had much to do with self-love. Uh, and I that literally might sound so stupid to some people that I didn't realize that allowing people to disrespect me was a negative form of not loving myself, of self-love, was allowing people to disrespect me and overstep my boundaries. That was huge for me, um, realizing that I wasn't taking care of myself in that way by allowing people to do that. And I sacrificed a lot of my adult life giving everything for people who didn't respect me. And it was the biggest slap in the face for my self-love that I could have ever gotten. And it was, in my opinion, my fault for allowing that to happen. I may not have known better at the time and I didn't have the education or the resources to understand that. But really, how you allow others to treat you is a huge, huge part of how you give love to yourself when you're alone with yourself. And so boundaries was a huge 
part of self-love for me. And then with that, with other people or allowing other people to disrespect me, I would disrespect myself even more. And eventually I learned to not trust myself. And I think a huge part of self-love is trusting yourself. And I knew that I didn't have self-love when I didn't trust my own decisions. I let other people dictate parts of my life because I wanted to fit in or I was seeking love and approval from other people instead of myself. And in doing that, I gave up so many parts of myself and so many dreams and goals to try to fit into this mold of what other people wanted me to be. And it was the biggest mistake I could have ever made in my life. And it resulted in me really not loving myself. How do you love yourself when you're not being who you want to be? How are you giving yourself self-love if you're literally trying to be everything that everyone else wants you to be? It doesn't make sense. And I think it took a lot of growing for me to realize that because... I mean, honestly, I don't think, even if I would have had the enlightenment at an earlier age, I just, I couldn't understand how those ideas related of self-love and following what you want to do and not trying to be a sheep and follow the herd, essentially. So trusting myself was huge for my self-love journey learning to trust myself, um, taking a break from self-judgment, and really honoring who I was, was the biggest part of my self-love journey alongside spirituality. And I think spirituality pushed those deepest parts of myself out to the surface so that I could truly be myself. There was a lot, a lot of growth and growing and work that I had to do and a lot of things that I had to go through to get to where I am today. And even today, I wouldn't say that I'm at my peak performance of self-love. I think there's still so much work to do, but I'm in a better place than I ever have been. And for me, it shows because I'm actually producing things that bring me joy and happiness and let me live my purpose. And so I feel like now more than ever, I'm in a good place of self-love where at least if I'm sad or stressed or depressed, I'm still so joyful about the things that I'm doing because they're authentic to me and they're authentically what I've pretty much been preparing my whole life for, which was this moment of like, okay, putting good content out in the world and connecting with people and healing together with a community. So that was huge for my self-love journey. And it kind of sucks because in order to be true to myself, I had to prioritize myself. And a lot of times that was difficult because people will see it as you being selfish when you decide to put yourself first and prioritize yourself. And the line between prioritizing yourself and being selfish is very thin, especially to people who don't understand you or your journey. It will come off as you being selfish. And I think it's so, 
so important, at least from my perspective and my experience, to not see it as being selfish, to reframe the wording that you tell yourself, right? So instead of telling yourself and being selfish with my time, I'm putting myself first. Just say I'm prioritizing myself first. I'm prioritizing my journey, my dreams, my aspirations, and I'm prioritizing myself before anyone else. And that is so important because no one else is going to make you as happy as you make yourself. No one else. I think it's a fallacy to believe that other people will give you that happiness. They will add to it. They will support it. They, will, they can be huge foundations for you. You know, I'm not saying that people can't add super rich value to your life and absolutely boost self-love, but they will never be the sole givers of that self-love that you need for yourself. So I think remembering that and prioritizing yourself is huge when you're trying to love yourself. And it's so hard to do. And it's, it's, it can be so isolating if you don't have a good support system. You know, speaking from experience, when I prioritized myself and put my dreams and my goals first, my family didn't see it that way. A lot of my friends didn't see it that way. And I lost a lot of family and friends and respect from people because they thought that I was being selfish. But in reality, I was just prioritizing myself. I wasn't completely cutting them out. I just wasn't listening to everything that they were telling me to do anymore. I was prioritizing me and my thoughts and learning to trust myself and setting healthy boundaries. And that pushed people away. And that's fine. Um, I think it's necessary uh, to go through that process of kind of shedding because it really forces you to truly do things for yourself. And sometimes you have to cut out those people and there's a chance that they'll return and be back in your life and, and there's a chance that they won't. And I think that's a risk that you need to be willing to take if you're going to go on a, on a truly enlightening self-love journey. And it's a journey that never ends. It's lifelong. But if you're going to embark on that and really prioritize that, I think it's important to understand that you might have to, to risk that. Um, and for me, it was worth the risk because I was so tired of doing things the way that everyone else told me to do them. <laughs> so, you know, we're not calling it selfish. We're calling it prioritizing yourself. And then the other portion is uh, forgiving yourself. Forgiveness is crucial to self-love um, because it, it humanizes you and it humanizes the experience when you actively forgive yourself for saying mean things to yourself or regressing or doing things that go against what you intended. I think forgiveness is super important um, and we you know, may practice it. Honestly, I'm not good at forgiving other people, let alone forgiving myself. So that this was probably one of the hardest things to overcome on my journey. Um, I tend to hold grudges quite a bit, and I like things to be a very specific way. 
And I'm like that with other people and I'm not proud of that. That's part of my shadow self that I'm working on actively, but I'm not afraid to admit that I have a very hard time forgiving people. And that's that's just my flaw and I'm working on it. But when I look back at how I am to myself, it's funny to see that I'm also the hardest on myself when it comes to forgiveness. I don't, I really do not forgive myself if things go wrong or don't go according to plan or I, you know, don't do things a certain way or I don't know. I'm just, I can be so hard on myself and forgiving myself is so difficult. I will beat myself black and blue into a corner for doing anything wrong or being human and that's a huge flaw and some people are super good at forgiving themselves and some people are super forgiving and understanding and I'm understanding but I just I had a hard time forgiving so that was a huge one and I think forgiveness is just so important forgive yourself for being human and making mistakes and have compassion for yourself for the process and for life life is hard who are we kidding Life is so difficult. Nobody prepares you for the things that life will throw at you. There is there is literally no way around it except through it. Life is so hard. Do not make it harder on yourself by not practicing self-love. That is literally the only thing you should be worried about because without self-love, you can't be your best self. You can't be the best parent if you have kids you can't be the best employee if you have a job you just you can't be the best human that you can be if you are lacking self-love and I truly believe that um you know you can be completely selfless and humanitarian and do everything for everybody else and if you're not giving yourself that same love you're just not going to be happy and you're really not going to feel the immersiveness of that satisfaction if you don't have self-love and so it's so important to just be in that state of mind and work on yourself constantly and prioritize yourself and I'm gonna share something with you that I've probably never shared with anybody but it was really life-changing for me was Uh, I was having a conversation with my therapist and she said, do you have compassion for yourself? And I looked at her and I said, yeah, I think I'm, you know, pretty compassionate with myself and others. And she said, can you define compassion? Can you give me an example of compassion? And I remember sitting in that session and being kind of dumbfounded because in that moment, I don't know if it was just that moment or, or what, but in that moment, I couldn't think of an example or a definition for compassion. I was just kind of struck by the question. And I said, I can't. I don't know how to define compassion. And she said, all right, do you mind if I give you an example? And I was like, yes, please. I have no idea. I don't know how to define this. Why is this so difficult for me? And she said, if, if a baby tries to walk, and falls down on his butt, are you going to yell at the baby? Are you going to be like, you're so stupid. You couldn't figure out how to put one foot in front of the other. You're so dumb. Why would you do that? You made a mistake. 
do it better. No, you're not going to tell a baby to do better, basically. So, you know, compassion is kind of being the baby and being kind to yourself and saying, you know, you got this, you fell down, you're going to get back up and you're going to try again. And eventually you're going to put one foot in front of the other. And that stupid example, I mean, um, excuse me, it wasn't a stupid example, but that simple example is the word I want to use. That simple example put into perspective how I had been talking to myself. I was not talking to myself like that baby who couldn't walk yet. You know, I was negatively talking to myself and beating myself up for learning how to walk learning how to walk the walk and love myself. I was beating myself up about it. So really being compassionate with yourself. And for me, the visual of the baby trying to walk changed was a game changer for me. And and it might sound so weird, but I literally pictured myself as this baby just trying to stand up and put one foot in front of the other and just talking to myself kindly the same way that I would that baby. And it really helped me. Um... And that was kind of the start of reframing how I was going to talk to myself moving forward. It was a game changer. So there's several ways to practice self-love, in my opinion. And the first started with catching myself, saying negative things about myself, and then thinking, is that what I would say to baby me? If that works for you, great. I hope it does because it really changed my life. If not, there's obviously so many other things that you can do. And this is where I'm just, I I can only share my experience. I can't give you a secret formula for loving yourself. And I can't give you a roadmap for how to get there because there is not one. (laughs) So realizing that, being compassionate with yourself, being flexible, Uh, saying kind things to yourself when you stumble and you fall, and then forgiving yourself, picking yourself back up again, and continuing on your journey. That's the only advice that I can give you. How you do that, I don't know. That's why we're literally having this conversation. I would love to know what other people do or what other people have done on their journey of self-love to reach that point of acceptance and high self-esteem, and having a healthy mind frame. In my experience, that self-love journey started with the physical, as it, it, as it does for most people. And that was doing a lot of yoga and doing meditation. And for me, meditation was super important because I was in a place where I had no distractions. I would put my phone away, um... I would make sure that I was in a quiet space and I would just sit there and meditate, close my eyes and watch to be a little bit more visual, to watch the thoughts enter my brain, kind of scan them, not react and then let them leave again. So if I was sitting there and I'm in my meditation pose, I would close my eyes and maybe I would think, you're dumb. Why are you doing this? This isn't going to be helpful. And that thought would pop up into my head and I would just acknowledge it, not react, not continue the conversation, just acknowledge it in my head and then let it go and then see what the next thought was. 
And when I started to meditate and do that, I started to notice the types of thoughts that I would have in that sacred time and space. And that helped me to kind of identify in what areas I needed to be more compassionate with myself. And I would try to replace them with more helpful thoughts. Like, at least you're taking the time out of your day to spend 5-10 minutes with yourself and acknowledge what you're feeling. Because that's important. And I don't need to acknowledge what everyone else is feeling because their feelings don't affect my mood state. My feelings affect my mood state. And so meditation was super huge for me in kind of identifying what those negative thoughts were and making an effort to turn them into helpful thoughts. And it's a very long process. But that was the commitment that I made to myself. Five, ten minutes a day to just sit down and have that quiet space and work through some of those thoughts that I was having. So that was super pivotal for me. Being mindful is probably the biggest thing that I've ever, the biggest lesson that I've learned was just being in that in the moment and being present and meditation did that for me. If that doesn't work for you, start somewhere else. A lot of people use gym and exercise to find that quiet space and that quiet time to kind of reflect and go through those thoughts. And a lot of people are really successful at pushing themselves, I think, through a workout and that gives them that confidence boost. Um, You know, having those thoughts of, I can't finish this rep or, you know, I can't do this weight today. I'll never be able to lift that. And then actually getting there is a huge confidence booster for them. And so I think that physical things like that can be a great doorway into starting to practice self-love and setting that time aside for yourself. But I think eventually it needs to extend beyond that and and it'll bleed into the rest of your day, practicing self-care and taking time to really delve into yourself and figure out where it is that you're lacking self-love in your life, whether it's physical, spiritual, emotional, psychological. And starting to address that. And I think that's a hard for a lot of people. And it comes down to this this kind of culture of needing to be a certain way or, you know, it just goes against, I think, what we're, what we're kind of being told or being taught. But it's just so important to, to focus on yourself in that way. Once I started to change the unhelpful thoughts into more helpful thoughts... Then I started to work on forgiving myself for having the unhelpful thoughts in the first place. And I'm trying to avoid saying negative and positive because it's not that black and white to me. I think that there's unhelpful thoughts that aren't necessarily productive to your physical well-being, physical, emotional, mental well-being. And there's helpful thoughts. And it's completely subjective and up to you what you find helpful and unhelpful. There's no right or wrong answer. And it's not as black and white as just being positive and negative. So once I caught myself having unhelpful thoughts that were unproductive to my desired end goal, then I would practice forgiving myself for having those thoughts. And sometimes it was just a simple affirmation like, I'm doing my best today. Or 
I forgive myself for having human emotions. Or, I am allowed to feel this way at this moment in time, and I will not feel this way forever. So, finding like a little mantra that can potentially pull you out of any situation where you catch yourself having unhelpful thoughts might be useful. And it worked for me. And that's kind of how I moved through identifying what the unhelpful thoughts were, forgiving myself for having them, and then taking or making the effort to change them into helpful thoughts and building myself up. This also involves being patient with yourself. And I think a lot of people want an overnight fix and would like to believe that reading an Instagram post about self-love and doing one thing is going to drastically change your outlook on yourself. And I'm just here to gently remind you that that's not the case. It's usually a very long journey, uh, requires lots of patience, lots of compassion, lots of kindness, potentially lots of tears, lots of laughter, um, and probably a lot of low moments alongside the highs. And so also being prepared for that aspect of the journey because it's not always love and light. There's always shadows and shadow parts of ourselves that are going to surface and that's exactly the goal is to have those come up and not react to them. Just be mindful of them. And then not give yourself a terribly difficult time for experiencing those emotions. So for me... For me, it was pivotal, I think, after, let me backtrack. So I think for me, the really pivotal point was I went back to school out of necessity. I knew that I wanted to study psychology and I went back because it was what my family wanted me to do. And I'm grateful that that's what they wanted. I'm not saying that I'm not grateful. And I'm also not saying that they were wrong. I'm just saying that that was the start of my journey was I was going back to school to kind of appease my parents and my family and do what they wanted me to do the way that they wanted me to do it. And so I worked really hard and obviously I graduated and I got my degree and I'm very, very grateful and I'm very grateful that I had that opportunity and I was able to do that and that they supported me and pushed me and and were there for me through the entire process But it wasn't what I initially wanted to do. And so when I graduated, there was a lot of pressure for me to immediately continue on to get my doctorate. And there was a lot of pressure to kind of land the job in my field that was high paying and and a lot of pressure. I feel, you know, this is my experience. I felt like there was a lot of pressure to have my life figured out at that point and to know what I wanted to do and that I, you know, just because I had my degree, I was supposed to be all these amazing things. And and I spent a couple of months after my graduation, I didn't uh, work and I wasn't really active in my, in my post-graduate activities that I needed to be because I went through a period of depression where I felt like I had kind of lost my purpose. I felt like I had lost myself I didn't feel like myself. I didn't even know who myself was at that point, but I just felt very inauthentic living my day-to-day life. 
I felt like I was living outside of myself. I was watching myself go through these daily activities and do everything that I was supposed to do, but I, I didn't feel like me. And that is such an awful sensation to have. And it's a sensation that I never want to feel again. And that was a pivotal turning point for me because I had carved out this time to really focus on what it was that I wanted, how I was going to make that happen, and how I was going to prioritize myself in a way that was productive and true to me. And like I said, that that process offended a lot of people. A lot of people saw it a, a different way than 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 I intended it. You know, a lot of people saw it as me being selfish. A lot of people saw it as me even wasting my time or, you know, I, it was just, it was a lot of pressure and I just didn't care anymore because I wanted to be true and authentic to myself. So I spent those next couple of months really thinking about how I wanted to go about this. And honestly, my heart just landed on building a Twitch community and focusing on mental health and starting to have difficult conversations and finding my people who were like-minded and trying to figure out how we could boost each other up and help each other so that no one was in the situation that I was in. And so I really started practicing more self-love and that included, for me, it was setting healthy boundaries. That was first. Um, It was saying no to doing things that were taking time away from what I wanted to do. And that was super hard because I found myself telling family and friends no when I had always been a yes man. But I also realized that me being a yes man was negatively affecting my self-love. So it was this vicious cycle of always people-pleasing and denying myself and therefore not feeling love for myself. And so when I started to enforce those boundaries, it pushed a lot of people away and it hurt and it sucked. But ultimately, it gave me space to figure out what things about myself I wanted to pour energy into and what would make me happy. And I really had time and meditation to think about what truly would make me lay my head down at night on my pillow and be grateful for that day that I was able to do. And for me, it was streaming and podcasting and educating people and learning and gathering other people's experiences and just fostering and and cultivating this this beautiful community of people who wanted to grow and evolve together. And it wasn't easy. It was definitely not easy. And I'm still working on so many parts of loving myself. Um, It's going to be a lifelong journey, but I can confidently say that where I'm at today, I, I think that I do have a pretty decent level of self-love to where I don't look in the mirror and I don't hate myself every day. I may not have the people that I had in my life anymore and I have my days where I'm just awfully hard on myself, um, but I'm able to move through those moments and still be productive and still be true to my authentic self. And so, you know, just I don't know what your journey of self-love is going to be. And again, I would love to hear how you navigate that or what you're struggling with because it's 
it's such a broad topic that I can't even address, you know, individually everything that that people struggle with on their self-love journey. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because, you know, you want to lose weight or you cry every day or you want to manage your depression or, you know, you just want to be kinder to yourself. Like, I don't know what your goal is on the journey. So it would be interesting to kind of get feedback and see what are some things that you're struggling with or or what is, is unclear to you that you could be doing to improve your self-love. Um, because I, I, I truly don't know. I just go off of my journey and what I've been through and and it hasn't always been linear. And so it's hard to kind of nicely and neatly put my journey into a chronicle, chronological timeline of, of when I got to a point of loving myself um, because we're still on that journey. So with all that being said, I... You know, I just hope that you prioritize yourself, set healthy boundaries, um, stop people pleasing, take time to hear yourself and your thoughts, take time to forgive yourself, and put in the work and effort to change unhelpful thoughts into helpful thoughts. I think that's a good basis for, for starting any journey of self-love. And remembering those four legs of the table, you know, you got to focus on the physical, you got to feel good, you have to be accepting of where you are physically, you know, um, taking care of that, nurturing that, listening to your body and doing what you need to do to get it to perform optimally to where you're satisfied and content with where it's at, emotionally, taking care of your emotions, uh, having compassion for yourself, crying if you need to, smiling when you want to, fostering your emotional state, uh, psychological, whether that's taking care of, you know, a mental illness or just trying to maintain balance in your psychological state in general or just trying to be happier or have be more positive in the world, you know, really fostering that as well as your spiritual whether that's, you know, religion or just spirituality or, you know, whatever spirituality means to you and however you practice it, really nurturing it and listening to yourself in that area of your life. You know, focusing on those four legs to build that strong foundation is so important. Like, don't neglect one. You have to work on all four. And I think that's a good place to start obviously I it's you know we're 56 minutes in I can't go into specific details I also don't have specific examples so if we you know wanted to do another podcast episode on maybe responding to some uh, feedback that would be super fun kind of hearing where your individual struggles are in your self-love journey and what obstacles maybe you face or uh if there's something that you're not sure how to navigate, I would love to maybe read those comments or read that feedback and kind of respond to it in another episode in the best way that I can. Uh, that would be, for me, super fun because it's really why I'm here is to hear other people's experiences and, and you know, share mine and see if we can just help each other find a solution. Um, but ultimately, that's what 
that's what self-love is to me. My journey is still evolving. There's so many different ways to go about loving yourself. So there's no easy roadmap and kind of understanding that. But just starting the conversation is is the goal of this episode. I hope uh, it provoked some thoughts in you or some motivation to kind of set healthier boundaries, prioritize yourself, do what you need to do to start on that journey. Uh, I think it's well worth it. I think you're a beautiful light being and no matter who you are, what you've done, where you came from, you matter. And at the end of the day, no one is going to care about you the way that you do. Nobody. This is your life. Uh, Every decision you make has to be a decision for you. Ultimately, first and foremost, because without you, nothing else matters. And I hope that that's, that's your take-home message for today is that you matter and you deserve to give yourself the time to heal and evolve and grow as a, as a human being and that it's okay to fall and stumble and make mistakes and it's okay to have completely normal human emotions and have days where you absolutely maybe hate yourself or parts of yourself or things that you do. It's completely normal. I hope you remember that we all go through it and we all, you know, go out and smile and tell everybody that we're fine on the outside and struggle on the inside. We all go through it. Nobody is perfect. And just acknowledging your experience and that if you don't always feel like that, that we're here for you. This community is here for you. And I would love to grow this conversation as the podcast grows and kind of explore different ways that we can nurture um, and support each other on our individual journeys. So as scattered as that was and as much as I talked and I mean to me and myself made no sense, I hope something resonated with somebody and I hope to see you guys back next week. We are going to touch on um, somebody suggested talking about like toxic masculinity feminism, uh, just this toxic culture that we've kind of created in terms of sharing our emotions and nurturing mental health and how that's kind of evolved as of lately in social media and with everything kind of being online now. And, you know, there's lots to dive into next week. It will probably be just as scattered as it was this week. And that's why this podcast is called Weed, Wild, and Woke because we're wild, but we're trying to be woke, but we're also a little bit high just trying to navigate life. So I appreciate you for being here. I will see you next week. And remember to prioritize yourself and that you matter and that we love you. Until next time, bye.